Well, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. Uh, we have a pretty interesting episode here for you this morning. We open up the podcast with talking about the wonderful COVID restrictions over here in La Belle Province du Québec. The old curfew is back. Uh, by the time this comes out, though, it might be gone. So who knows? Let's pray for that. Uh, Emma and John weren't really aware of the curfew, so they found that pretty Im- impressive slash uh, uh, moronic, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. So we get into a very interesting discussion here around if you were to start a business tomorrow for the three of us, would it be franchised? Would it not be franchised? Or would would it be with a franchise or not with a franchise? And we actually put up an Instagram poll recently that I'll share the results of. We had a pretty close split. It was like somewhere near 55-45. And I think nearly 100 people answered. So we had a pretty good sample. And I was pretty impressed to see uh, who said what and how the how the cards fell. Nevertheless, we have a pretty extensive discussion here around the pros and cons of franchising and joining a franchise when starting a business. And so obviously, Amher, or sorry, John and I are in a franchise, Ammer is not. And so we're just talking about the different pros and cons there and uh, as well as what it means to, you know, contribute to building a larger um, a larger initiative and a larger business with a franchise, right? When there's many, many people involved, uh, all learning together and creating value for other people who aren't necessarily competing with you um, can just lead to a different sense of what it means to run a business. And so we talked about that a little bit. So I'd be really interested to hear what you guys get from this episode. So please don't be shy to give us any feedback uh, on Instagram at the weekly call pod or uh, on email. So the weekly call pod at gmail.com. So without any further ado, sit back, relax and enjoy this episode of the weekly call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Amber, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. Amher's fist pumping in the air. Big episode here tonight. Uh, Amher, you're at Notobico, Ontario. How is it there? It's uh, it's cold, yeah. but it's beautiful because it's another day in oh, Etobicoke. Wow. Another yeah. day not in Quebec, oh, so it's a beautiful man. day. <laughs> yeah, well, I only have, uh, well, I guess when this podcast is over or close to it, I'm probably not going to be able to legally leave my house at that time. So Yeah, you, you guys have curfews. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's such the, a joke though. They man. took away our gems it's though, and that, that really shocked me. Yeah, yeah, it's such but. a joke because like if you look out on the streets at ten, people are driving around, still doing shit. Cops aren't pulling people over, but oh, supposedly if you get caught out after ten p.m., there's like a five thousand dollar fine or something. 
Is there any acceptable reason as to why you might be out after 10? Well, yeah. So like if you work in, you know, certain sectors, for example, if you're like a firefighter, a nurse, a a doctor, but you could also be like straight up just working at a gas station, right? Because, because if like nurses are able to go to work, they need gas. So then gas stations have to be open. So if you work at a gas station, you can also be out, right? If you do snow removal, you can be out. It's like, so there's still like a bunch of people driving around. So you can kind of like Wait, low just, key just, just, just just to clarify. So you, yeah. you legally cannot leave your home. That is correct. As in you. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. John, we're, it's, it's. We made it. We have made you ever it, read baby. the book 1984? <laughs> George Orwell, we made it. Mr. Or, this is Orwellian. Quebec has turned into an Orwellian dystopia. But yeah, yeah, one of my friends had enough. He's looking to buy properties in Texas. He, he, that, that was it. Once oh, they I'm, took away his gyms, it was over. Well, I mean, the gym you can work around. I mean, Tristan and I just bought home gyms. I mean, that you can work around. But yeah, if I wasn't able to legally leave my home, I would be packing up pretty fucking quick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. You can't legally leave your home. I don't believe that. I don't of- believe that. Let's say no. tomorrow. Hold on, tomorrow hold on. you're no, gonna no, shut down your There's successful nuance. painting business there's new to go live somewhere about else to move somewhere else the by the one? end of the summer i would not be a canadian yeah i'd be gone <laughs> like like hand okay. to god <laughs> hand on your heart yeah like i'm like i'm saying it right now on this podcast okay like if, i mean this BC, is gonna come out if bc, if BC implements a curfew. a curfew i by yeah. the end of this year i would not be living in canada well, you're Jeez. more of a man than I, John, because Holy. I'm a Quebecer f- till the end of time. So shoot yeah. me. Anyway, uh, you have my word on that. It is just between the hours. Of I believe <laughs> you. I believe you. That's crazy. That's just wild. between the hours of 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. So because apparently don't say just. They no, just guys, <laughs> it's not I just, just. I just wanted to take a moment here and just express how grateful I am that the virus that has caused this pandemic only spreads from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Like, just think, how lucky are we <laughs> that that's the bed. case? You know? Yeah, yeah, I just, look, man, hold on, uh, whatever. Let's just move on. How, how was your week, man? How was your week, Austin? <laughs> well, uh, my week was great. Um, you know, us here in Quebec, we continue to thrive despite the lockdowns. Um, you know, the French, they're relentless people. They never give up. And uh, <laughs> unlike Mr. Morgan here, who would throw in the towel, uh, Quebecers don't give up um and no i think this week was great um it was the first full week back from the holiday break and um got caught up on a bunch of uh leads before they expired scheduled some estimates for this coming week Uh, i have my first uh actually my first job getting produced uh of 2022 this week uh going up on a roof in minus 22 installing some metal installing a metal roof so that'll be fun learning uh just getting all of my um, you know, in, in order to run a roofing business, I need, I really want to be able to, uh, obviously know every single product and install it myself so that I can effectively coach people on doing that. Uh, so I'm kind of putting in that effort. I have been for the past couple months, hence the, uh, the finger swelling episode a few months ago, you know, maybe that's argument for why I shouldn't be up on a roof, uh, too much and, 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 <laughs> you know, leave that to the roofers. But I, I strongly believe that's an essential part of, of running an effective no, I think, business. I think it's absolutely essential to know yeah. your own trade and also own a truck. Oh, well, Hey, I'm glad you came around on that because I was really worrying about, you know, getting that, 
getting that approval. Um, <laughs> I don't believe this. this it's got to have. So, it's got to have like black. I know like sports rims as well and tinted well, windows. It it definitely okay, has to go. have all the uh, all the amenities. And we can get back into the conversation about the truck if we need to. The moment uh, I saw the truck, <laughs> the moment I saw. Thanks for letting us enter this conversation. The moment I saw the truck, it was exactly exactly what I feared. <laughs> like like <laughs> exactly what I feared. It's fifty nine thousand dollars. There's like thirty nine thousand dollars of fluff no, on it's, there. It's it's not okay. Good. Okay, Austin, do you remember? Do you remember like me like several times in the podcast talking about how I love seeing when my competitors get brand new trucks? You know, yeah. like especially if they're slightly lifted or like fully lifted. Yeah. Okay, where do you believe that that thought process is wrong? Like, like, so, like, like, so, like, where? Why do you think that my competitors would be better off than me, who chooses not to participate in that kind of that course of action? I don't. There's there's a key part to all of this that you guys conveniently forget every time, and then John gets that <laughs> shitty smile on his face. Oh, what? You call me a shitty smile. Come on. Oh, come on. That's the moneymaker right there. Oh, it is on. the moneymaker. You can't hate come it. So, so the, the only difference with me is that I'm not trying to go out and buy a massive depreciating asset and financing it over 96 months and pay a bunch of interest on this vehicle that's essential to run the business. No, I went and looked for a vehicle that I could get at a very large discount that I was going to be able to ideally buy without having any any credit against the business because the business is still in a i would call it an infancy stage um it's not yeah, very valuable three to, months would be considered infancy well i mean if you if you look at the cost of a vehicle that you need to um operate a roofing business like let's say you went and found a truck for like a third of the price right like at like eighteen thousand or or something like that then i would want to be able to buy that outright i, I only wanted to get a vehicle that I could buy outright or pay off within the first three years, pretty well interest free. Like the biggest thing for me is I just didn't want to have my business paying interest. So I went and found a truck that was heavily discounted for the amount it's worth, right? Cause there's nuance there that I think you guys are somewhat discounting, which is yes, the truck has bells and whistles that aren't necessary to running a roofing business. However, the price I paid for the truck is less than what the truck is worth. And I don't plan on owning the truck for longer than a year. But why would that guy make that mistake? I don't get it. Well, it wasn't a mistake. It was a favor. Uh, who, what is this $10,000 favor? Well, the, I mean, the person I bought the truck from is also invested in me doing well. Who is this person? Uh, one of the co-owners of Rydell. Oh, he just gave you his truck? No, he didn't give me his truck. There's a lot of different things going on in this transaction, right? But the biggest thing for me was I'm saving money in the short term, which is important to the, you know, the cash flow of my business. Gotcha. Fair enough. Um, I had an excellent experience today. I, uh, okay, so how do I explain this? properly you know i was thinking about this it's like you know the quality of your attention on something uh completely changes the way that you experience something okay and one thing i've, I've been really kind of playing with lately is the difference between the thought of doing something or thinking about doing something 
versus actually fully experiencing it. Okay. Like something could sound super basic, but your actual, ex- so you're like, oh, that sounds boring, but the actual feeling of it, like the experience could be actually very positive and to not let your own head get in the way. Okay. And so uh, also Ammer, I owe you a huge thank you because you introduced me to a song that has brought so much joy to my life over the last couple weeks. And this is a song that I've listened to, like thank no you, word man. of a lie. And, and, and Trisha can testify to this probably a thousand times because I'll wow. listen to it because I'll listen to it on repeat, like on a 20 minute drive. It's the only song that I listen to. OK, it's so That's good. kind of insane. Yeah. Yeah. Trisha we'll play, it, we'll play out, it later. Actually. Yeah. Trisha pointed that out. But it's called This Must Be The Place. Yeah. And yeah, it's a great the lyrics song. are so anyway, perfect. Dude, it's perfect, and it's like the naive the melody. You like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll play some of it right now, just for context. It's not play the live. Li- by the way, play the live version because it's significantly better. I've listened to like every single edition that's ever come out, even the even the two thousand five remastered edition, and the live version. Uh, naive melody, by the way. There's like a little, like it's like a little remix. Dude, don't you don't have to tell me, bro. You don't have. To I'm tell just letting me. you know because it's weird. Listen, the non-live. I am your creator. the non-live. The non, yeah, the non-live version. Okay, but where I'm going with this, though, okay, so just, actually, don't picture this, but just, well, let, let me lay this scenario first, Ammer, and then, sure. okay, yeah. so don't actually picture this, but this is this is what happened, okay? So I uh, I went to the shower, I turned, so I, I went in the shower with the lights off, so I just, you know, which is actually a great experience, because you're really, like, just focusing on... Jesus Christ. <laughs> just lay off on it um and trisha by the way low-key uh put like this like old granny mat that's like an anti-slip mat best move ever like you just feel way more stable anti-what now yeah anti-slip too no you said anti-slut yeah No, I definitely said <laughs> you said it and play it he back. Did it he said it like, a, like a Freudian slip Yo, or something Jamie, like that. Yo, play that back. Yeah, Jamie, run it back. No. Yeah. Anyway, anti-slip. Okay. 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 Uh, sure, sure. Matt. Okay. It's like an old lady <laughs> mat, but like it makes it so that now you can dance in the shower like as hard as you want, and it don't make a difference, right? So I'm like, I'm like, first of all, one like sometimes I like to lay in the shower and just like you know have the water run on you for you know for a little bit, and you like do like a little meditation session. And then I have this song playing on repeats. So you kind of, it's like, it's almost like a, like a chant at that point. Cause you're just like, so in it, yeah. then I'm just sitting there dancing and it was like the best experience ever. And like, I've never like the shampoo felt, you know, like it lathered better. Like everything was just amazing about this shower. It was the best shower I've ever had. And I was probably yeah. in there for like 30 minutes. Okay. And I was listening nice. to this song. I was dancing. The world didn't exist. All that mattered was that shower mm-hmm. and my clean, clean, I guess hygiene. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. But all because I just focused on that experience, right? Yeah, you were and present. The also, yeah, yeah. So now play the song, and then people can kind of. Home you know. is the place I wanna be. Pick me so up. Good. All right, here we go. Here we go. This is. I'm, this must be the place. Naive yeah, this melody. Is the exact one. Live.
weird that it is in nine, made in 1984 because we just made the George Orwell reference. I can sing the rest and I'm really trying hard not to, but yeah, I, I was, um, this, this was released in, uh, it was the end song for the movie wall street with Charlie Sheen. And I remember hearing the song and I'm like, yo, I got a Shazam. This. So I downloaded Shazam just for this. And, uh, yeah, whenever it plays, it's one of the non skips where if it just plays, you just allow it. You just respect the song. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. But yeah, no, I totally get it, man. Being present. I mean, that's uh that's something I've uh I've been realizing is harder to do once uh you're later in the day if you're if you don't meditate. Like if you don't have your uh, focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like you know how your focus kind of falls off of from the morning to later at night, you have to like actively try and reinstate that focus by taking breaks, by breathing, by stopping for a minute. Otherwise you get just caught in the hamster wheel. Yeah. I would say frazzled. I agree with that. And on top of it too, what you do during the day can have a massive impact on your focus at the end of the day. Well, yeah, of course your activities. Of course. Yeah. Like some activities I find are like anti mindfulness, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you like if you do certain tasks for an hour, you'll walk away from it being extremely unfocused, right? Or distracted or yeah. My only one that just finds that song completely like not entertaining, not not good. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe No, 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 no. That's I mean it's it's from nineteen eighty four. It's not for everybody. I I just like that genre of music. I remember when you showed us that song in Quebec, um, it reminded me of that song Chocolate. Uh, the one that's like we got guns hidden under our petticoats. Nineteen seventy-five. Nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, which is also that, a that band kind of that I listen to on repeat. I actually love doing that. You know, I don't. I, do you guys? Can you guys relate to that at all? Like, I'll just pick a song and it'll just be my song for the day. So all day. Yeah, I know. I'm the same, that. John. I'm the same. Oh, okay. okay it's sweet. rare for me, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's rare. Yeah. Yo, we sh- I realized that we had a we dropped the ball uh, over the Christmas break because uh, we should have done this song on Wack versus Wise. Um, Tyga released a single for for Christmas called "Tell Santa," and uh, we should have done that for the episode that came out on the twenty seventh. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. That opportunity is gone. Oh man, uh, Tyga's um, mid. Yeah. So Austin, are was, you? Yeah. Austin, are you already sort of like in like say like you've already started your year like did like did you technically start it last year or is this like because like tomorrow for example is my first like I'm gonna call like official day of like you know my mm-hmm. business I'm I'm gonna you know go hit the ground yeah. running um are do you, have you already started so my uh, my franchise rights only started in 2022 so technically uh, yes but all the work I've done like I just decided to start early like I decided to start my January. Like, I just don't personally, I don't really like <clears throat> the thought process of like, oh, January 1st is a new year and everyone starts at zero. Like, we've we've said that a lot, right, on the podcast. Like, y- you've made that point, John. I've made that point myself, even at times. Like, 
well, you know, we all start at zero on January 1st, so you kind of have to earn it, essentially, right? I was just like, I want to start in like September of the year before. So I just started marketing and selling and I, you know, started doing that well before. Um, but of course, because I, I want, mean, you, yeah, get, so I mean, you to answer your question, your physical, yes. Well, <clears throat> I'm just not like, I didn't put through any of my sales or my, uh, like my corporation wasn't tied to Rydell until January 1st. It's actually, it's actually getting set up tomorrow. So like all the work I've booked and completed deposits collected, I've, I've haven't completed a lot of work, like just doing some minor stuff here and there, but all of that's actually getting like put on my books tomorrow. So, uh, effectively it's as though it's 2022 activity, but it was just kind of started. It's like, if you just, in theory, if you were to do work, okay, you just got clients to write checks for future dates essentially. But do you plan on, uh, it's essentially sandbagging your business. It's sandbagging is what it is. Totally. No, it really is. It is. Yeah. But do you plan Sorry, on having any sort of off, do you plan on having an off season with the roofing yeah. business? Well, for my franchise, yes. For like business development for the franchise, no, because my role is kind of uh, in in two different. Like I would say, twenty five percent of eh, I call it thirty percent of my time is spent like in business development of the franchise itself, and seventy percent uh, of my time is spent growing and managing my individual franchise. But I would say. Uh, yeah, my off time is going to be shorter, but what it usually is in the painting world. Like I would say, you know, December 20th to January 20th is typically going to be a pretty low period. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Uh, now you, cause if you're done, you have your master's, right? Like you're done. I haven't like graduated, but yeah, it's been accepted. I just, but you're no longer putting, no longer doing anything, yeah. anything school related. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you doing with that time now? Because I imagine that that freed up a considerable amount of time oh, in man. your schedule. Freed up a lot of time. Uh, so that's why I started working. I had my position with Rydell lined up from like a uh, a business like a business development role with the franchise for um, you know creating new systems, creating new. Uh, anyway, I have a, I have a list of just so many projects that I'm working on for. Uh, developing different structures, systems for all the franchisees to be following uh, that, you know, I've learned over the years with student works that are very effective and that I'm trying to implement the best I can with Rydell. For example, like, you know, I've realized that, like, I'll, I'll just give you an example uh, or a few. So like what's really effective for coaching an operator, let's say, or coaching a franchisee, and also for having that franchisee coach their employees is what's called a step-by-step guide. So like, it's almost like a fail safe, very outlined checklist that usually consists of 10 to 20 steps for like how to properly run an effective door-to-door marketing campaign in your business. An SOP. An SOP essentially, right? So I'm creating all of these with different scripts and sub templates for each individual step so that as a, as a person who's going to be coaching franchisees, I'm able to check in with franchisees every week and, and actually audit a system that's in place for them to follow, also for them to train their marketers on following so that there's a lot less variability between franchises because one thing that I realized that we all took for granted or not, maybe this was just me, but something I took for granted at StudentWorks was I encountered a franchise 
between year 35 and year 40. Now I'm encountering a franchise in year two. Like the sheer amount of difference in terms of just lifespan that people have been putting, like how many hours have been put in? How many hours of people that have experience running businesses have been put into developing systems for a franchise? Mm -hmm. When I encountered it here versus when I encountered it here, it's just, it's mind blowing. Like there's so much work to do in a really good way. Like, and we have a really strong base of first, of of first like the first eight franchisees are probably the perfect people to be there just because they're all former top performing operators and um and and can also view situations some of them are past district managers right so you everybody kind of has this keen eye for where spots are that we can improve on and it retroactively turns into a to-do list for me so where my time's going with my like this, the time that got freed up from school is going into that. Hmm. So I've been spending you, like over Christmas break, I would say four or five hours a day on that. Do you enjoy creating systems for franchises? Couldn't. Yeah, I would. I That's what my goal is. Like, well, I enjoy like in, in a perfect world, uh, it would be business development and also uh, coaching. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm going to be coaching. When you two say, operators. sorry, just to, just to clarify, when you say business development, are you talking about system creation? System creation and also, uh, yeah, essentially. Yeah, you and Tristan creation. are very now, that's similar. Very that broad. That's very broad, right? System creation, like you can probably not get more broad than that and i'm having well, but it's, so it's it. less broad than business development potentially right? yeah you're right you're right actually. <laughs> like yeah. like I, yeah but when you say business development like you're saying like creating systems for the franchise you know uh yeah so like yeah. for example the sop for for door-to-door marketing now that obviously needs to be built for door-to-door the sales process the recruiting process the production process the ordering process like so there's actually like a fail-safe a to z template for every part of the business you know, I realized at the end of this year <clears throat> that like all the current franchisees who ended their first year this year, so they were the actual forever will be the first year rookies, right? There will never be another a class or cohort like them. I realized that at the end of the year, they were all in radically different spots. Like one wanted to consider opening up another location and running two franchises. One wanted to consider, uh, you know, having a, have an autonomous business run itself. One wanted to consider moving locations and one wanted to consider, I think just pretty much trying to do the same thing they did this year, almost just hitting repeat. And I realized that there was a very big lack of just why isn't, because there's now equity in the business for each of the franchisees, they own the rights to that name. Um, they can sell it. They can buy more. They can run two, three, four franchises if they, if they're, if they're permitted to, there needs to just be like a a yearly or twice a year progress meeting with all of the shareholders of the franchise group to actually establish where they are and on pace for their goals within the franchise. When right you now, say franchise like, group, are you talking about a franchise location, but there might be multiple owners? No, there's three, like essentially there's three different people who own the franchise group. So there's Wait, people it's the franchise or the franchisor is three people. Yeah, sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just, I thought you made, because like, you know, like, because I would consider like Tristan and I a franchise group within Pierre. You know? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there's a bunch of different things that uh, I'm working on. For example, like I really want to, I'm in the later processes of creating like a, a, essentially a different version of a client manual 
because I've been selling with a client manual for four years and I kind of feel like naked going into an estimate without a client manual now, you know? Mm, um, mm. So I just, I just mm. was like, Hey, Hey, like all the other franchisees are past operators. So I'm just like, do you guys think we should have a client manual? And they're like, Oh my God. Yes. So I've just finished building that, getting that all printed. Um, so no, I, I absolutely love my role. Cause it feels like I'm kind of like the assistant coach, uh, for, for the backend development. Like, um, you know how sometimes like in a championship game, you'll see like a coach call a timeout, but the head coach is really the leader who brings the team together. But the assistant coach is the one like with the whiteboard, drawing up the plays, making sure all the players are in the right position. Like he knows the science of the game. Sure. Better. Sure. Like that's kind of how I see my role there. Do you view yourself as like a money ball kind of guy? I would say like I'm less data driven than Moneyball, but I do definitely look at that more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually, then academic. I would just say that doesn't, I don't know if that really applies, but I can see where you're coming from. I think, I think it somewhat applies. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess like in a, in a less data driven way, but like in the same way that he was presenting math to oh, yeah. solve it, I, I could see you pre- uh, presenting oh. systems to solve it. Like yeah, yeah. 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 Then, Cause yeah, Tristan's very similar that way too. And you know, I, I, I am grateful that there's individuals like you that exist because mm-hmm. it's uh you know uh, I I mean I can I can see why it would be pleasurable um I, you know I think there's a part of you that really likes things that are solvable right so Do you agree so, so yeah so, yeah yeah I think you enjoy things that are solvable but I also think that you uh, crave uh, control as well and I think systems are a way of you controlling your environment uh, and I think 100%. Tristan yeah Tristan's very similar in that sense um you guys are so different, but so alike in that way. Like Tristan really enjoys the operations of the business, but, but from a higher level, like he really enjoys almost like, like almost like the same way a mechanic enjoys an engine. Like he, he likes seeing how it all runs and, and uh, Mm -hmm. almost like fine tuning it, you know, and creating new little parts that maybe Mm -hmm. make the engine run a little better. And yeah, I find that very fascinating because uh, like that part of the business is like the part that like, (laughs) like guys like myself wouldn't be able to like do as well if it wasn't for guys like you. Right. But then, of course, guys like you wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for guys that actually exactly. run the fucking thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's very interesting. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I and I really uh, I don't know. I really see value in my I don't know. I just feel like there's very good rapport uh, between our group that we have of, of the eight franchisees that we currently have, because we all in some, to some degree uh know each other and all kind of grew up the same way quote unquote from a business standpoint right so yeah yeah you you mean like through student works kind of thing yeah and i am really excited my goal next year is to recruit someone who hasn't been a part of the student work like because i'm going to be going through like Mm. a lot of different franchisee recruitment uh, as of next july or this july and my goal is to recruit the first non-student works franchisee for rydell It's very interesting. Yeah. I'll read you this quote that I just remembered as, as you guys are having this conversation and it's, it's pretty much how I see a parallel between student works and Wells Fargo back in like 1983. Okay. And bear with me here for a second. And I'll read this quote. Nearly every person had gone on to become CEO of a major uh, of a major company. And this is as he, this is the listed, this is somebody who was listed the members of the Wells Fargo executive team who joined the company during like a, uh, the 1983 era. And they listed nearly every single person 
who was in that executive team, became CEO of a major company. You have Bill uh, Aldinger, became the CEO of, CEO of uh, Household Finance. Uh, Jack, I'll just say Jack G, became the CEO of U.S. Bancorp. Frank mm-hmm. Newman, CEO of Bankers Trust. Richard Rosenberg, CEO of Bank of America. Bob Joss, CEO of Westback Banking and later became the dean of the Graduate School of Business at Stanford University. Mm. So I just see, like, student works and, like, what, you know, it's what Chris an incubator. and what Dan, yeah. It's just an incubator. You know, you, you, they understand that everybody's going to stick around. And, like, if you think of, you know, Chris Thompson's goal of, of making a hundred, uh, of making a thousand millionaires, and then you hear of, you know, people going, and, you know, Rydell and Tradark and... Uh, yeah pure air and you just you just keep expanding you just keep zooming out and it's like holy smokes man it really is like an incubator yeah it's it's the compounding on that's gonna be pretty incredible as well right because yeah pretty incredible really like uh like how many billions of dollars student works will contribute to like the economy in in net worth yeah no but like just like in, in the total net worth of all of its um would say millionaires will be you know billions of dollars yeah, if only we were walking NFTs, and then every time we made a dollar, they would also make like a percentage. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Man. So I thought mm. of that as you were sharing that, mm-hmm. because it's mm. just uh, it's just gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, because I was doing the math on it. Somebody was uh was asking me like, oh, like what's the point of trying to learn systems from a franchise that's been around? Oh my god! And I'm like, I'm like, just do the math. Let's say on average over the past forty years, you had, um. You know, you had around 100 locations a year for the past 40 years, just on average, if you average mm-hmm. it out. Okay, so you do 40 times 100. That's 4,000 businesses that have been overseen under one umbrella. So if I was to run, call it, I don't know, 10 successful contracting businesses in my lifetime, okay, that's like absurd. I need mm-hmm. 400 lifetimes to catch up to the knowledge that Stinworks has accumulated. Mm-hmm. 400 lifetimes. If a lifetime I would, I would say it's even years. more extreme than that. And and the reason why is, is. because... Because yeah, the reason why, Well, no, sure. But also I would say that not only is it that there's been 4,000 businesses, okay, or more maybe, I don't I don't know. Um, but, but also there's been the coaches that their entire job has been to work on those businesses. And that's the that's most important all their factor. Attention. Yeah, because yeah, it's one thing to have the experience of running 10 successful contracting businesses over your life. It's another thing to be the supervisor, you know, as in like you, uh, your sole goal is, to, you know, business development as, as uh, Austin would say, right? So that, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a different, uh, that's a different level, you know. Yeah, one one thing I realize, like as I'm like I as I wrote as I write these YouTube ad scripts, as I'm writing more emails, is that there's so much there's so much good things to say. Like that's just the fact that we all knew, but it wasn't it was never phrased that way. But the phrasing just kind of hits harder. And I'm starting to realize how much phrasing matters to get a point across. And when I figured that phrasing out, I'm like, oh shit! Like I can just put this yeah. on on the website. I'm like, this is why you would want to learn from a franchise. It's kind of like yeah. a sales pitch to even a franchise. But like, look, you, you know, you don't want to do this on your own. Just join a franchise. Like these guys have stumbled for years strategically, and they have all the data collected and organized by thousands of people over forty years. Yeah, yeah like, I, like a pretty I'm of the reliable that, way. 
I'm of the belief that if you can successfully subtract out the majority of the ego involved in launching and starting a new business, if you can subtract out the ego of what it would be like for that new business to just completely thrive and be successful and just kill it and look at like a franchise fee with all the extra value you get for that fee and no fee and having to learn everything yourself and have next to zero knowledge relative to what the franchise has accumulated that works in the market. The logical choice is to go and join a franchise that has learned way more, has a team of people who want to achieve the exact same thing you do and people that have done it many different ways over many different locations and that are also committed to your success. Like exactly. It's just, you know, I, I think that I try to picture myself like, oh, sorry, like backing up. I think I've had many conversations with other franchisees in the past that have said, oh, you know, like it just sucks. Like, <clears throat> like not other franchisees with Rydell, mainly with like my time as an operator with StudentWorks. I've heard the narrative of some people, not a lot of people, just a few. At the end of the year, they'll look at their accounting statement and be like, oh, man you know, that's a lot of money that I paid to this franchise to, to have them help me run my business. You know, if I didn't run my business with them, then I could have just made all that money myself. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's just a complete jump and a, like a, a, it's a, it's a fallacy. When I see that number, I look at and go, <clears throat> how can I pay more? How can I actually like, or, or, or how can I, how can I get more out of the franchise? So, like how is the franchise catering to my business's exact situation right now? And I always felt like it was like, as I grew through year one to year two, to year three, to year four, all doing different revenues, different sizes of business. You know, my coach was extremely valuable in all different forms of businesses. Uh, there were different systems for me to implement as I graduated to different sizes of businesses. You know, I could start looking at, you know, this, the proper systems for how to hire a production manager, how to hire a marketer, you know, how to uh, schedule for six different crews as opposed to two, um, all these different systems that were in place. Like I wouldn't yeah. I would have had zero. Ch- I would say confidently I would have zero chance as an individual. Like, and I don't want to sell myself short because I do think I would have been able to run a business. I just don't think I would have been able to do it to that degree. I think there would have been a 0% chance. But do you think Maybe the, like the franchise systems, um, do you think the franchise systems uh, scale to the outliers within the franchise system? No. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was gonna say Tristan and I have had a different experience. I mean, you know, I'm forever grateful for, for student works and obviously I'm having a great experience with mm-hmm. ProWorks. but I would, I would say that a lot of the problems that I'm solving now are certainly not being solved by the franchise company. So here's and, the thing. Yeah. The goal is to have someone in a system development role, or at least is responsible for relaying information back to the franchise, or is at least very introspective and can look at if my business is bigger than any other businesses in the franchise, that business should be used as a case study that year. Yeah. Because if there isn't, you know, like the first time a Rydell franchisee does over $2 million a year in revenue, or is or is pacing to do that you can bet that i will be like weekly if not twice a week meetings with this person trying to understand what they're doing trying to understand how they're doing it seeing what value i can provide like 
And then also on the other end, when there's businesses doing like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in revenue a year, barely profitable, like I'm also invested in them um, to try and see what they're doing, what they're not doing, how they're not implement, like where they're missing things, how they're not implementing systems as though they're meant to be implemented, stuff like this, right? Mm, yeah. But that's why I mean, I, I would say on average, John, I would say no. But my only experience with franchising is. Well, Student Works, which isn't really franchising, it's licensing, and Rydell, which is franchising. So I don't have a very big sample size. Yeah, and I and, and that's why I cut I cut uh, yeah. Student Works quite a bit of slack because I I understand sure. that their their business their core business is not helping someone, you know, do what I was doing. So I I, I yeah. it made sense to me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 In their defense, because it's not really fair to you know, say that. Emmer, when are you going to buy a franchise again, man? Uh, once, um, it's actually pretty, pretty simple. Like the, the layout of the land, uh, once I really can get consistent, uh, contractors into trade arc and filling up the schedule, I can easily delegate a closer and then I can easily delegate to a bunch of virtual assistants to undertake the marketing efforts. So I'll just play the creative side of creating not even emails, that's very delegatable, just video mm -hmm. and being the head coach of that program. And then and then now I'm going to have all this free time where I might uh, buy and delegate off to, to have my own businesses or consider having my own franchise through TradeArc because the systems are built, and obviously this is very naive of me. I, I mean, it's probably a huge undertaking to start Trade your own roofing. franchise. Yeah, yeah. Not roofing. It'll probably be deck building, honestly. Just based on all the all seeing every trade and understanding the numbers behind them. Uh, yeah, that's one thing that you have deck that we building know right now. Uh, that's like a huge outlier for you versus John and I. Like you've been exposed to all these different home improvement models that you can see work or don't work. Right. Yeah, plumbing, electrical, deck building, pretty insane. Pretty yeah, insane. I bet. What about uh, landscaping? Do you have any landscaping clients? No. You don't? Interesting. No, no. Landscaping is too small. You got to do hardscaping as well. Yeah, sorry. You, you would uh, you would upsell. Can include hardscaping, I think. I no. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard, hard hardscaping is, is is still a bit too. You're just an exterior contractor at that point. You'd want right. to focus at one thing. And uh, like masons, we have a lot of masons. They make some. Pretty, they make mm. money hand over is, fist. Is deck building not uh, an exterior contractor as well? Niche. No, because you just a, you're a carpenter. You're a carpenter who focuses on deck and porch building. But you don't have a contractor. A contractor. A, 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 a contractor, in my own definition, is somebody who has to manage different trades to complete one project. You only need one trade to complete one project. That is a deck being built. Yeah, when you're okay. building an, an exterior or an addition, you need drywall, mudding, taping, painting, flooring, electrical, plumbing, roof. I can just keep going on. And it's your job to contract them together to work in motion. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. It could go anywhere. I, I mean, the, the, the easiest place that I can go is just... I can just have, I can just 
start my own business again in the trades and just have a painting or deck building business that I can kind of go about. And that was kind of like, funny enough, that was kind of the original plan, but I wanted to honor the non-compete. So, and I didn't want to move. So I'm like, okay, in the meantime, I'll just build this uh, consulting business. If it works or it doesn't, at the end of it, I'm going to have all these systems mm-hmm. already built out that I can just either deploy in my own franchise system or in my own business. Amber, which is one thing seeing, when you... Yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. Which after... Yeah, like, when you're explaining what you're doing with your time at Rydell, I was just like, I sent a message um, and I was like, you know, like I made a note because like you're spending all this time building these systems that like we've already built, right? So it's like, I want to talk to Adol and just be like, yo, like, we'll just give you a copy of our program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally save and Austin a hundred hours. More, more related you can to just like make them art. better. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever. roofing and siding. For yeah. roofing, exactly. Oh, so wow. it's like, I already have all this stuff built out and I can give you a little tour and then you're, you're going to be blown away. Let's get on like, that call. Let's the, do door, that. the door-to-door SOP, man, like, that's done. The script yeah, yeah, is there. Yeah. The, the, I even have a how to deal with door-to-door anxiety video. That just like targets that little thing that most people will feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Even how to find the right neighborhood because you got to find the right neighborhood. I even have a tracking sheet. Like it's it's done, bro. It's done. Right. Why are you wasting it's all done. this time? It's right? done, bro. <laughs> Give up. So, bro. <laughs> so for for me tra- for me starting trade arc like over a thousand lifetimes, I would do make the same decision over again because um, I'm kind of concerned about what am I doing with my time in thirty and forty. I'm I'm, I'm just not gonna retire. I'm, I'm gonna be, have to be working. Age not, thirty. I don't want to forty. Yeah, like, what am I doing at 33? What am I doing at 47? Like, I Well, you tell me, what do you, what, do you, what do you think you're going to be doing at 33? Well, hopefully running a business on my own. Well, fair enough, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I, I want to I actually have the wealth for it, but I, I want to keep building things that, that are extremely scalable um, and that have a big impact. Why like, is it? We're launching our, yeah. Well, okay, I, I think you kind of answered it, but why, why is it important that it has to be scalable? Um... Cause it's fun. That's the scale. fun part for. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. Just I the agree. idea, the, the possibility that that could that, that can hover around my head, even if it's a low percentage. And this is part of my personality. There's a one percent chance that the business can do a million a month. Like, oof, like that's like John. Why yeah. is it more fun to build a massive fuck off sandcastle than it is to just put like a little clump of sand on the ground? You know, like it's. There's pros and cons to both because exactly. that one comp is no, have you Have you built a big fuck off sandcastle before? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard and frustrating. And it, and it crumbles. Because to be honest, no, I, I actually tried it. once. I didn't enjoy it at all. Well, I, I maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I, so I, maybe, far, I just been, it, maybe I'm just nitpicking this like analogy, but I tried. Like I entered a sandcastle <laughs> contest when I was a young kid. And I was like, honestly, not fun. Yeah. Oh, you mean like literally have I built a big sandcastle? Yeah. Yes. I, I think I've built many big sandcastles. They're fun. Yeah. Like on the beach. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah, I was like actually, little... I was, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I also just understood over the <laughs> over my time, like the biggest thing that you want on your side is time. And if you don't have a business that can like exponentially build on itself over time, then it's just just tougher. Could you explain just for what me you mean by having time on your side versus like what would be a scenario where it is on your side, and what's a scenario where it would be not on your side? Time is not on your side if you're an employee. <clears throat> Unless you have like maybe some stock options, but like you're not as exposed to the upside of time, more specifically like a flywheel, right? Like if you're an employee, but you get paid based on your time. So is there not like a benefit there? Like if you're getting paid hourly, isn't time on your side in that sense? Um, 
it is at the most basic level, but like I'm talking about, well, what, what, what's that on top? Like if you have, you know, an investment that compounds when you sleep, time is on your side much more. Time is your friend there. Yeah, okay. Whereas I, I don't know if time is your friend if you're an employee because you only have so little of it and you can only work so much. And then sometimes you'll get overtime and they're like, okay, we can't pay you more than this overtime. And then you're just kind of like, there's nothing there kind of compounding. There's no flywheel that you can feed off of it. So I'll level up from like, an employee would be like a franchise operator in my mind because there is that upside. There's much more flywheel. You get clients that know you. You have a big brand. Like you grow with the franchise, right? So effectively, I mean, it, you view things that are – time is on your side when there's a compounding effect. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And you're saying for yeah. an employee, there's not as much of a compounding effect, which in that case correct, you're talking correct. about – so time is on your side when you have access to – a lever or leverage and there's a compounding yes, yes, effect yes. yeah okay yes yeah, how would correct. that logic apply if you were like investing 80 percent of your income that you got paid as an employee because um, then time would be on your side if you were trying to front load your life with like you know let's say what if you're an employee making five hundred thousand dollars a year yeah that's yeah exactly what if you're the I ceo guess. of a company is time on your side I'm talking more more for like the, your main occupation. I guess if you like, here's the thing: if if you're an employee in a business that compensates you for your time, you get paid well, and you have passive investments, and you believe in what the business has as well mm-hmm. and its goals, I think I would equate that as also like a good yeah. thing to be in, okay. like in my yeah. in my model. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like a uh, a business owner. Maybe that was naive to mm-hmm. say so quickly. Yeah, like it's time on your but, side when like it's time is on your side when the future is going to be better than the present. Is that um? But I, I feel like that's, too, like that's like, too unknowable, though. Yeah, of course it is. But that's but that's literally what I said for my personality. That unknowableness is exciting. The unknowableness of the future. Yeah, yeah. Like if it's too predictable, it's like like I don't want it to run a software company because that's so unknowable. It's like holy, that could cause a lot of stress. Like what's something that's predictable that you're like, yeah, I don't want to do that because it's too predictable. Uh, like like keeping for me personally, like running a painting business in a franchise or running any franchise business. To me, that seems like okay. You put the inputs, the outputs are pretty predictable. Um, but there's not no much so much unknown like you. You know, you, you, there's like a limit to what you can build with your with your painting business in a franchise. Like, sure, that limit can be big. Like, for example, a Rydell Roofing franchise, the biggest one is, does five million. That's pretty good, mm-hmm. right? What about a business but, that's declining? What do you mean? Well, um, you could have an unknown business that's declining, or an unknown oh, totally. future. Yeah, but is that? Yeah. Well, if, you, if you're having fun with it, then it's like... But is that like a business that you like... Um... If somebody was like, hey, Amor, I have this business and I yeah. really find it interesting, but it's on the decline, yeah. like I wouldn't completely shoot it down. I'd be like, okay, well, let's let's take a look at this. Like, let's let's see what's in here. Yeah, but but you, but you you had said that you don't enjoy the franchise that the franchise or like a running like a painting franchise or like a roofing franchise or something like that because you, you think it's too noble and it can only get so big, right? Um, but what about, uh, but cause it's just too predictable, but so you're saying 
you you prefer the unknowable factor which in that case you're you're basically saying you, you like the 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 risk or the gamble associated to having let's say less predictable outcomes but potentially a higher ceiling is that kind of what you're saying yes yeah do, do you not think that there's certain aspects of running a predictable stream of cash flow that you can still participate in the unknowable scalableness that you're talking about oh of course you can invest in crypto or something and kind of experience some of that yeah i suppose i mean like but even like an like for example you could have a business that has a uh a, even like an unknowable future that's de- that's you know unknowable but it's going to be declining like I, I think like for example a really good example of this would be like um one of my favorite examples is actually blue chip stamps which is a company that uh warren buffett and charlie munger had bought and d- despite the revenues in like 19, like 70 being like, I think something like $174 million. And then like 12 years later, it was like 9 million. Uh, it was one of the best investments they ever made because they bought C's Candy, Wesco Financial, and a, a small automotive uh, a lubricant manufacturer called K&W, right? So even though the business is, at the time it was, it seemed like it was predictably going to go well and actually unknowably <laughs> failed right over time. I mean, who would have guessed that stamps just a very brief overview what what blue chip stamps was was effectively it was like the first uh like you know like a rewards program you know like you go to like save on foods or independent grocers or loblaws or whatever or like shoppers drug mart and you get like a like a points card well and then you can redeem those points for things well what blue chip stamps was was the original version of that sort of and there was other stamps companies but basically you would get a stamps booklet and then you when you bought things at a store they would give you stamps and then you would go home and like put your stamps in the booklet and then you would go to the company and say hey i filled out this whole booklet please give me like my brand new tv right you'd have a whole you know you'd have a a you'd have like a tv idea this yeah yeah well the reason why you don't is because it fucking died you know still to this day though i will give a shout out to warren buffett still to this day uh you can still if you have stamps you can still redeem them there's still a blue chip stamps website you can go redeem shit at that's amazing. and so basically the way that they made their money was you know there's a float so when someone bought something uh a percentage of that would go to blue chip stamps as a uh like as a fee for offering that service to the merchant okay because the merchant is getting an increased loyalty and uh also people are more likely to shop at a certain store like you know if there's two stores and one has this awesome rewards program you know you're probably going to shop there versus this one right and you know hence why you know some people might pick visa versus mastercard or like, for example, I shop on say at Save-On. I have a Save-On more card. I just always go there. That's where I collect my points, et cetera, okay? So, and I'm going to shop at places that do collect, that give me a Save-On more card. Or Air Miles is a really good example of this. Like, places that offer Air Miles, you might use that service because you, you know. Um, so, a fee would be paid to the merchant, or sorry, to uh, Blue Chip Stamps. But, of course, over time, they have expenses in the sense that they have to actually, you know, someone's going to eventually redeem these stamps and they have to pay that out. And so similar to an insurance company, it generates income now and it has future expenses that will come in at some point. And then they can invest the difference in the meanwhile, right? But back to what you were talking about, Ammer, this is a great example of a business that actually had uh, terrible future prospects yet ended up being a fantastic move, right? And um, with a painting business or like let's say a roofing franchise, for example, the predictable nature of the cash flow, uh, that cash flow in of itself is not very scalable. 
but what you do with that cash flow can be very scalable. Because of course, how many shares of a privately held company that's successful would you want to own? Well, as many as possible, right? Uh, but how many you know, owner-operator painting businesses would you want to own? Well, probably only one because you can't really operate two owner-operator painting businesses, right? So even though there is a uh, arguably a very predictable nature to the cash flow, um, I would say that's actually ex most extreme value is, is the investments you can make with that cash flow. You can buy into other businesses, right? Whereas the, I would argue the flip side, the unpredictable cash flow from starting your own business um, seems... I I get I suppose you're saying that there's an that unpredictable nature is worthwhile because there's potentially a higher ceiling to achieve with the cash flow. But do but do you still not think that you also still have to solve the problem of what to do with that cash flow? Uh, well, that cash flow instead of being invested in outside companies, you can just invest in your own. Yeah, of course. And there's a higher ceiling to reinvesting that in your business that can give you more return because it's your own private business, uh, maybe more than investing in outside companies. Yeah, that's a, really, that's a very valid point. Yeah. So that's like the exciting part of it. And there's one thing that we're not including that's like maybe just in the back of my mind, but it's obviously not present in yours because you can't read my brain. But it's also the... Uh, uh, the enjoyability of the execution of the business. Like you enjoy running a painting business, right? Oh, that was, yeah. Was that cool? um, I would say that I, I enjoy the game of business. I mean, I'm not necessarily sold on running a painting business per se. I mean, that happens to be what I do and I do enjoy the game of business. But yeah, I mean, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that I, I suppose you could say I enjoy running a painting business. Yeah, yeah. So... There's that. Like, I didn't enjoy running a painting business. I enjoyed the time and the learning of it, and I enjoyed playing the business game, but the painting part of it, I couldn't. And there was this itch that just needed to be scratched for, well, what does it look like to start an, your own business, like, from scratch? But ultimately, it's like, for me, that was really inviting was the unpredictability of it that was pretty cool. So, so but I why... Okay. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to ask you about the idea of predictability. So you mean predictability in terms of the 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 ease of which you can go from a marketing dollar to a profit dollar? Not not ease. No, just the okay. limit. The limit. What do you mean the limit? Yeah. The limit Cause, of that cause consistency. To me, I, I actually. I have the complete opposite desire. Like I actually am way more interested in predictable businesses than non-predictable businesses. Same, only because I have no idea why you would not want predictability. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's yeah. Well, I, I Amber, like I and I just want to make sure I understand you because if it is just based in like what you would prefer to do with your time and it's just out of your own self-interest, like okay, I would rather well, well, do here's something that changes every day, right? Yeah, well, here's an assumption I'm making and then you tell me if I'm wrong because this is like the, at the heart of it. For me, you'd sacrifice scalability for predictability. I think it's you're just wrong. like, do you? I think those go more. Hand so how hand. so? Well, say what you just said well, one more time. Uh, the more predictable the business is, maybe the less scalable, or the slower scalable. Excuse me. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's correct at all. 
like I think I could I think I could name uh, a lot of businesses that are highly predictable that are highly are also very scalable as well. Like what? A franchise company. What do you mean? <laughs> you open up more locations. There's a pretty predictable stream of income. Yeah. Like that's, like like, how is that? Amber, not, would you say? Um, and that's hyperscale. Like Subway is predictable. Oh, I would love to own a franchise. No, a franchise yeah. or though I'm saying, but like. Okay, so there's a there's a miscommunication here. What yeah, are yeah. You, you're not talking about franchises, Amber. Talk about being a franchise operator. Like well, a, fran- a franchise okay, is, so is something that, I, was, that wanna, I don't mind running. You want to be a franchise owner and possibly own more than one franchise, maybe ideally own more than one franchise. And you're no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not what we were talking itself. about, though. Hold on. What Ammer had said, just because I don't want to lose that. What Ammer had said was that he believes that what you gain in predictability, you lose in scalability. And I said that's completely wrong, in my opinion. Like I, I could name, like I could go off forever about pretty predictable businesses that are still very scalable. Like I would say that Google is a pretty predictable business. People are going to continue to search. I would actually argue that the most valuable businesses are the ones that are very predictable that are also scalable, right? Like Google, people like, like why is it that Google is so valuable? Because it's very predictable that people will continue using Google in the future. As in, like people are going to continue Google searching if it was unknowable. Uh, why people like, for example, it's like Facebook is more unknowable to uh, than Google. But I wouldn't say that just because of that Google or sorry, Facebook is um, uh, more scalable than Google, but Google is highly predictable. That's why it's one of the most valuable companies. Apple, very predictable in this sense. Okay. It's, it's like, I mean, for example, what's the likelihood that I go and buy another iPhone after the current one I have? pretty fucking high meaning it's just really predictable and that's why they're the most valuable company in the world because they're very predictable and they're the largest company in the world hence they're scalable right yeah i think predictable was the wrong word i'm using okay and i think i meant that's where I, i'm confused I, I, thought it, I, I guess the the word was predictability of success or ease of entry ease of success of the business like if i think of um like barrier to entry it's like the harder the barrier to entry um the more scalable that, that, some, that something like that could be. It's like really hard to build a successful franchise. You need like a culture, really good systems, really good people. There's a lot of friction involved with trying to start a franchise itself, which is kind of what I like. Whereas the barrier to entry to start like to be a franchisor is inherently supposed to be easy. Hey guys, Austin here. Just wanted to check in mid-episode and thank you so much for your ongoing listenership and commitment to the podcast. We have some of the most enormously positive data with regards to how long our listeners listen to episodes for, meaning we can tell the vast majority of our listeners listen right from the first to the last second of the recording, which in the world of podcasting is just completely unheard of. So we wanted to just stop in here mid-episode and say thank you for being you. You guys are absolutely awesome. Because of this overwhelmingly positive data over the last two years, we decided it would be a great idea for both us and our listeners to launch a Patreon. Patreon is essentially a platform that you can subscribe to to get more connected with myself, John and Ammer, and the podcast as a whole. So whether you're a massive fan of the podcast and want to get direct individual coaching from myself, Ammer, or John, or 
want to just have early access to episodes and chip in a few dollars a month to help us take this podcast to the next level, bring on more guests and provide more value, there are tiers that are built for you, I can guarantee it. If you wanted to look into Patreon, get more information about how you could gain more value through the podcast and really augment your listening experience, you can check out our link in our Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod on Instagram or simply press pause on this episode, go into the show notes, click the Patreon link and check out more details about the tiers we have available there. Thanks so much, guys. And thank you so much for continuing to listening to the Weekly Call Podcast. Now back to the episode. Yeah, Therefore, I would I would agree would be... with that to some degree that there's a trade-off between barrier to entry and scalability. Like um the my one of my favorite examples of this is Costco. That's what I meant by by predictability. Predictability of success, not the predictability of the model or the of the dollar. Yeah, I suppose um you know, I guess I'm maybe I'm just so heavily influenced by like my study of Warren Buffett, but you know, a, like, a, like a very famous quote of his that comes to mind is why why jump over 10 foot hurdles when there's, you know, you can make just as much money jumping over one foot hurdles. Like yeah, why, why seek that, out a 10 foot hurdle matters. and just see if you can jump over it? Yeah. No, no, I got that. But the reason Coca-Cola is Coca-Cola is because they jumped over 100 foot hurdles and they just had to do it a couple of times. 100 one foot hurdles. Yeah. Or you mean 100 foot hurdles? I don't know hurdles. if that's true though. Yeah, I don't know uh, if that's true. Well, no, but like, like for example, like uh, Charlie Munger, on a, I think in that same like that same kind of line talk. of same talk. Yeah, it was actually at a shareholder meeting, but it was like he was like um, the best businesses are ones that constantly throw you easy decisions, right? Like oh, the totally. the worst businesses sure. are where like you always are having to make a difficult choice, right? Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but I I just I don't like I don't maybe I'm just so caught up on the unper- I don't understand why it is that you would seek to to have a business that's so unknowable like in in the beginning in the beginning yeah but but like Coca Cola for it to succeed was very unknowable Google I mean the the amount of companies that Google had to compete with to come out the ashes you know that's uh. Also, the big hurdles they had to fight over, landing that one investor that they needed before bankruptcy, being known as that household name, having that ad that just resonates with Christmas. Like these are things that are big hurdles that you go I over. I suppose, that but- creates that that creates that consistency, that ease of decision. But in the beginning, it's so volatile, it's so unknowable that un- until time, time is the ultimate eroding factor to yeah, a lot of these businesses. Maybe we're just getting too caught up in the words here, but. Uh, I think it's fairly certain to say that it was pretty knowable that if they were able to build what they were like, what they set out to build, it was pretty knowable that it would be valuable. Like, so like when Steve Jobs, for example, was like, I want to put a uh, personal computer in every single person's home. That's pretty knowable. That would be a valuable company right now. How you would get oh, there sure. is yeah. fairly unknowable, I suppose. But correct. I agree. Yeah. 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 Do you think it's the execution of it? Yeah, but but you seem to actually like you seem to think that you're pursuing it because you actually enjoy the unknowable. That's what I'm questioning. I I, I like do you not like? It seems to me like yeah, that's like the, that's for, like a very quick way to uh, to mental suffering is seeking unknowable things like that. You know, I like it's like I don't know. Maybe, do you think maybe. the human mind is built to seek unknowable. Like it, like I have a hard not time believing that, like, that's like a, like a pursuit. Like that's like. Do you really believe that the uh, the path to happiness and, and success is to seek the unknowable? No, no, God, no. It's things ha- some things have to be knowable. Yeah. Like, 
it was knowable that if if Steve Jobs made what he made, it would be valuable, but it was extremely unknowable if they were going to be the company to cross that hurdle because yeah. they were competing with so many others. Yeah. So yeah. it was knowable in value, but it was unknowable in result. Like there's just a lot, like Warren Buffett said it himself. Like he's just lucky. If he was born like a thousand years ago, like he'd just be dead. Like he would just yeah, be dead but, in the field trying to, But the, you know, but so we're like, talking about a very specific situation though, don't you think, Hammer? Like we're talking about a very, like we're talking about like what Peter Thiel would talk about, which is zero to one. As in there was no company period that was doing what Apple was trying to do. And then they were the first to do it, right? But you're not like in a zero to one industry. I don't like, know if what, that's true. Uh, no, Apple was definitely like a first of a kind, was it not? I mean, it wasn't like a, it was zero to one, right? Google, zero to, you know? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. I think Apple and Google competed with some guys in the beginning. Oh, sure. They competed to be the first of something, but nonetheless, they were the first, right? Like, I'm sure that there was other social networks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They crossed, they were the first What I'm saying though, there wasn't a pre-established company like Apple prior to them starting on their journey, right? So like, so like... Like, for example, like when I start a painting business, I'm not going zero to one. I'm going from like, you know, there's like a gazillion painting businesses. I'm adding one, yeah, right? 4,000. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Some crazy number, right? But like you're not going into a zero to one industry. Like there's like there's tons of consulting. Oh, God, no. It, yeah, but so like the, I guess I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily compare this, the, the Apple situation to, to yours in, in that same light. Because it no, just got no, a zero no. to one dynamic in your situation, right? So that's why I'm, yeah. like, that's, I'm just really, I guess I'm just that's really why I said this down like, on the, on the, the, on a, on a sentence. And maybe you don't actually mean it the way you thought that I think you did, but I have a hard time believing that you actually are like, did what you did because you actually enjoy the unknowable that, that to me seems like a hard thing to believe. I also agree with that. With what I said or what, or what Amr said? No, what you said. Because oh, okay, Amr, okay. I, I think that you, I think that like John and I, and like most people, I guess, if that means anything, is that you're, you're searching for a predictable source of income and a predictable, uh, you know, a predictable stream of demand, a predictable way to go from a marketing dollar to a profit dollar. Exactly. Yeah. So we're on the same page there. Yeah. But John, what he's saying is that he actually prefers something that is unpredictable in the way it's going to grow. He doesn't want to know. Well, I, I'll say this and- much. I mean, I didn't predict, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I don't like, I don't yeah. understand. No, I, and that's kind of how I'm trying to bring these two points together. Oh, Aaron, I see. Okay. And John is that like, you can be unpredictable within a predictable model in a good way. So you can be an outlier. Yeah, like John, you're you're pretty like, um, I guess unique, unpredictable, and what was the other word you were saying, Ammer? That you were knowable business. Knowable. You're not very knowable within the structure of this ProWorks franchise. What do you mean? Why is that? Well, because you over the past three years have grown. 200 percent a year or a hundred percent a year sorry no no like you, something you, like 30 percent 35 percent something like that which is insane no it's over 50 i don't think did, so i went from 93 to 1.2 you did 930 the year before 
No, no. So, oh, sorry. In pro works, I grew like 50 something percent. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I yeah. thought you meant, yeah, my bad. I thought you meant from like student works to year one to where I. So I'm saying what, like, at some point though, <clears throat> it's going to be pretty, like, you, I, I would argue that at some point, whether that's this year, the next year, or the year after, you're not going to grow by the same margins that you've grown before. Yeah, but that's such an arbitrary thing though, because. Like no, I know. I I'm suppose not I'm sure. No, 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 no. Saying... Let me finish because there's, there's a very like I'll, I'll say why I think you guys are totally thinking about this wrong. Is that I... if you if you limit if you limit no, let's hear let's hear it. Yeah, yeah. If you limit John Morgan to painting business, no shit, I'm not going to grow very much. If you limit John Morgan to Aurelius Holdings, you guys are completely fucking wrong. My revenue is going to fucking blow the fuck up. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like if you look at the actual ownership stake that Aurelius is going to have in businesses and that revenue growth, it's going to be fucking nuts. So no, I know that's I'm like not talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about Aurelius. I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about your painting business. Yeah, but my painting, the, but the painting business is a business that I participate in. But like my actual business is the is the business of investing. So like I, Aurelius, yeah, so I mean, will grow dramatically. I mean, like for example. You know, like, you know, uh, like Pierre, for example, zero dollars in revenue. OK, well, what's it going to be doing in two years from now? Maybe just as much as my painting business or more, probably more. Right. Does that not factor in there? Right. Like, is that not a part of all of this? Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I find it like not a very helpful way of thinking about the thing that a painting business is not scalable. But like that's just one. But, but like. Like, that's like. Like when someone builds that's a hotel, a business. hotel that's, is not that's scalable. That's why I said painting business. Yeah, but a hotel is not scalable, but a hotel operator is very scalable. Like you can have multiple hotels, right? Like, like you're, yeah. you're, Amber, like if I arbitrarily said that your revenue per customer is, is, uh, uh, is not scalable, that would be inaccurate because you could just acquire more customers, right? Like to say that one of the businesses I own is not scalable, that's arbitrary because I can acquire more businesses. <laughs> like, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me why to limit it to mm -hmm. one thing, right? John, I think I'm trying to say the same thing that you are. To say that there is always room to scale, move, and become, un, like, there's always the ability to search for the unknowable and the unpredictable within a model that is built to be predictable. In the sense, in the same, in the same room that, like, Ammer, if you take John, for example... To your definition, he ran a business that you aren't interested in um, based on the fact that it's predictable and it's knowable, right? Let's just, can we agree on that? Well, that, that was one of the factors, yeah, but if we're okay. in this So, context, like, you yeah, wouldn't sure. be interested, per se, in running a painting business for more than two years because of those two things. One painting business. I'd be interested to run 30 painting businesses, mm -hmm. not well, just that's, one. That's our point. How, yeah, but, but Ammer, but, you, but your main point was that it's not scalable. But I'm saying you just arbitrarily put a fence around one painting business and said it's not scalable. It's like... Because that's what I was just talking about, one painting business. I, I know, and I'm pointing all out the I was arbitrariness of putting a fence around. Like, it's like one house. It is, is arbitrary, not, I know. Yeah, I know, but one house is not scalable, as in, like, what are you going to do? Like, tear the house down and build a tower? No, <laughs> but you can But you can take that one house, and you can buy a second house with the cash. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It, it, it's totally. It's, yeah, but... Okay, well, then I guess we're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. So, back to my... So, I guess, back to my quorum. Why the hell would you want something that's unpredictable? It seems like... If, if if something's predictable and scalable, because I think I've proven that what I'm going to doing is scalable, and I think that over the next five years of doing this podcast, we'll all find out why it's scalable, okay? Um, 
why would you possibly want to jump over a hundred foot thing just because like 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 i guess maybe like maybe because maybe i'm missing because in the same way that like okay i can kind of see why austin likes building systems but i can't really relate because i actually that's like my least favorite thing about my life is the fact that like if i like anytime i have to create a new system for my business i'm like fuck man this sucks like it's just not what i want to do like I, it's like the last thing like on my schedule mm-hmm. the last thing that i'm looking forward to is creating more systems right so is, am i just missing like is there is there like a satisfaction of of doing something like like rolling the dice or something like is that like maybe that's maybe i'm looking at that wrong but like it seems like it's the, the, un- like the gamble it's the unpredictability of uh, output per effort, I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's like, I just don't know what this business can output yet. And that's exciting until I get to understand what that output is per hour. So I knew in my pain business, I can output around like $100, $150 an hour. And then unless I had to open another business, that was kind of like the limit. It was like 700, the hard math was 750 per day in revenue per crew. Well, what does it look like if I, you know, what's the equivalent of that in this business? Can it have a higher output? In Aurelius Holdings, there definitely is that option. In just one painting business? I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. Like that's kind of the uh, the I am approaching it from, and that's the excitability. Like I, of course, I want it to be predictable so I can make a consistent income. Like that's my biggest goal for this year. It's to clear a specific amount of personal income. Otherwise, it's like okay, dude, you know, it's time to do something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 the output of what's possible that's like pretty exciting. You know, like I, I found out like early, like just in this past year, like I can manage a $20,000 week. Like I know that's possible. So it's like, okay, how can we recreate that? Like I experienced like my best week, I made 20 grand. Well, the business made 20 grand in profit. So it's like, oh shit, like that, my life wasn't hectic when that happened. So what if we did that four times? And then, okay, now what if, what does it look like to have an 80K month in profit? And, and and that's exciting because then it's like, oh, okay, well, we've seen that. How how easily can we double that? I mean, I would agree that it's fun I to think, make money for sure. Yeah. And the whole way we got down this path was by me asking Ammer, hey, when's the next, when are you going to buy a franchise again? When are you going to start a business again? And we when, went down When this it's path. systemized yeah. and predictable. <laughs> when it's systemized and predictable? Yes. Because okay. I want it to be predictable. Yeah, okay. Then that's okay. great. Okay. Because because I I kinda I kinda miss uh, I miss losing to you. I need, oh, I need you to come back. Fucking you kill me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I nah. miss I miss chasing you and finishing within like ten to twenty five percent of you every year. Well I will say this though. I, I mean, don't miss that. That was that was suffering. I'll, was suffering. I'll say this though. I think that one thing that's not appreciated nearly as much as it is is the longevity of something, right? Like, um, and it, like this is a topic that I think Amra could bring up, and I don't, I don't, you know, I, don't, I hope you don't take offense to this. But one thing that I think that 
you know, Ammer beat us in the sense that he did more revenue, but he did not beat us in longevity. Like in the sense that no, the God, way that no. he ran his business was not sustainable, right? And I think there's a life lesson in that, right? Because mm, okay, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So you That's know, a great point. We like, never it's discussed like, this. Like you know, I think it's cool. Like well, you know, I brought the I brought this up no, in the, Quebec. Yeah, yeah. Ammer brought this up. That's why I'm bringing it up. No, yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I wouldn't have brought it up so podcast, aggressively if it, if it. if it hadn't been discussed previously. Yeah, um, but. It's like in a NASCAR race, for example, it's like you're not trying to win the lap. You're trying to win the race, right? And so I think that there's something to be said about, you know, like you have to actually go into the pit stop and actually change out your tires. So like one guy might beat you in a lap because he didn't go into for a pit stop. But if he blows a tire on the next fucking round, it's like, what was that for? It's also important. It's it's also important to note that I never was in it for longevity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I Never, never. I I was in it for a maximum of two years. I agree. So I wanted to maximize those two years. Yeah. Because yeah. it was always a stepping stone. Yeah, always. but but in that sense, we were playing different games, though. Yeah, we were, 100%. and that's why I, win and lose is too subjective for me at that point. Yeah, the competitive yes, person is. in me is not willing to accept a loss in the sense that I I don't know if we're playing okay. the same game. Yeah, <laughs> if we're just talking about yeah, revenue, yeah. then fine. But I mean, if we're talking about something else, then maybe I could argue. Like I'm pretty know? sure that even yeah. in like if I ran a larger business next year, even in roofing, which is a more like which itself calls for larger job sizes and larger revenue. Um, even if I beat John running a roofing business to his painting business, he would still be triggered enough to like put his life on the line the next year. I just always look at I don't profits. know though, because it's that's, a, that's the equalizer. <laughs> well, not if you can profit more no, than John, know, that's yeah. a conversation. No, no, it's not though. It's like there's uh, there's so <laughs> How's many it not. How's it not? Because profit. Dude, no, because longevity matters, man. There's so much, yeah. right? Like Okay, Austin, are you going for longevity as a franchise owner in Rydell? No. Okay, there you go. He's not playing. He's playing a different game. But there's, well, I'm yeah. playing. A, I'm playing. A, like, let's run up the clock for for like eighteen to twenty four months. Well, first of all, there's, there's there is an inner scoreboard aspect to it as well. well <clears throat> but 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 there's also the. I mean, if you are going to talk while about while I'm in the driver's seat. Yeah. Let me just put the put it that way. The the franchise in this region will continue to exist. Um, it, it, my role will change. So yeah. that that's what I'm saying, Amber. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I get that. I get. Okay. That. Okay. Sorry. I get. Go that. ahead, John. Well, I was just going to I was just going to point out that I just I think that there's so many ways that you can I mean that's why it's arbitrary and somewhat subjective. It's like um it's not yeah, it's not just about profit, right? Cuz I mean, not all profits equal in a lot of ways, right? Like there's some businesses that might make like I mean, hell, I mean, if you look at what's happening in the stock market nowadays, I mean, there's a lot of businesses that are losing money that are some of the most valuable companies in the world. So what's yeah, that about, yeah. right? I mean, Amazon you lost money. Can explain that to us in Quebec? How a yeah. company Uber. that loses money every year is is traded for for value on the stock market yeah. every day? I well, but but there is. Well, that. some businesses though, um, you know, can actually lose money but be cash flow positive, which I know is kind of says and sound, you know, it doesn't yeah. make sense. But but you could also have some businesses that uh, that make tons of money on profit, but actually don't have a lot of cash flow. Telus is a really good example of this. They have a really high profit, but they actually like don't. Have a lot of cash flow yeah, what was the uh, what was it called like the, the spectrum license like the, fees spectrum yeah. licensing yeah. yo john how how willing are you if we if we bring back uh griffin that you know you you and him just talk a bit a bit about stocks i would specifically be specifically the to. telestock i would be okay. i mean we, i mean I, there wouldn't be that much to talk about with the telestock i mean i i think that he'd be pretty disingenuine if he if he didn't admit to the fact that i mean basically all he did was picked a canadian company that was on the tsx found found the company that had a high dividend yield and basically was just pointing out like in his defense i mean i don't think that he was trying to make it like some sort of deep analysis or anything like that but 
that's why I, I make the claim that there's yeah, some financial like yeah there's financial manslaughter being committed because it's not I think it's disingenuous to say oh look at how high this dividend yield is but then meanwhile it's like the actual like they're effectively borrowing money to pay that dividend like it's just not like a I don't know that that's where that that I, that I understand that, yeah, what you're saying that's where that claim had came from but I, I don't know if he would necessarily disagree with what I'm saying he might disagree with the financial yeah. manslaughter <laughs> you know accusation but but I don't know if he would disagree with my assessment of of the video, right? I mean, he'd probably say something along the lines of he's made tremendous improvement, which he may have, and I'm unaware of it because I don't watch his videos, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Austin said you have a hard out in 16 minutes, bro. I do. Okay. Okay, well, let's do a whack versus wise. I was also going to uh, request, John, that I read the wise this week if you're okay Oof. i can't i'm Oof. sorry i can't pass it off oh yeah, no 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 no, no. you can you can do you can do your wise and john can do his wise. yeah like that's we can totally, both do that's, it that's but i can't pass that's off legal. i just can't pass off mine i'm sorry yeah <laughs> slippery slope man you, you know did you all of a sudden you got cur- all of a sudden like in the queue well no i just i just don't want to give up the responsibility man like you know all of a sudden like, you got a curfew <laughs> next thing you know you're just fucking you know the whole country's on lockdown next thing you're it's a slippery slope yeah i just can't you know the goalposts always keep getting i just you know it's it's just it's just my thing man i just gotta you know, you know but feel free to read you know a passage after. one thing about john morgan <laughs> folks he never relinquishes power like let, let, let that be known no i just don't i don't, don't want to lose my segment i want to you know this is this is this is like this is my main value to the podcast so you're wanna... fearful you know if my quote ends up being a, a banger it's like no i i actually I, in my defense i actually that's do scary. have a really big banger today yeah okay okay yeah and it's actually i think yeah. it's kind of interesting actually i'm gonna kind of fight fire with fire on this one Okay, okay. I'm excited to hear what you have to say or what your author who you read about. So I, I really don't know if we played this song before. And this is the first time I'm, I'm stuck in this, uh, in, this, in this spot. John, tell me, does, does this sound familiar? One second. Or does I'm this look familiar? I'm trying to not have this play. This is crazy. Okay. Um, Austin, doesn't this lyric sound familiar that John read? Um, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it doesn't. Right? Yeah. No, yeah, definitely this. not. I think we did, man. I think I think you've seen this video before, right? Oh yeah, I have. Yeah. You have. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I knew yeah, I, yeah. my spidey senses tingled. Now that there. you said the P, yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, do you have a easy. backup song, Ammer? I, I do. I do. I do. Okay. Because of that That's feeling, right. yeah. I have. I could pull up one. Another Yo, Playboy party song. I wanted song? to ask you this. Do you yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you like this? Do you like sea shanties? What's that? Oh yeah, dude. There's You've some fire ones there. Never heard sea shanties. No. Oh my god. Okay. Well, after this song, we gotta show them the sea shanties. What sea shanties? It's like, it's like uh, pirates singing. Yeah. There once was a man that shipped to sea. He never. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. That's the good one. Yeah. All right. All right here we go. This is a uh, Playboy Cardi. Sky. All right. 30 million views here. So, here we go. This is Quebec right now. That guy, that guy kind of looks like John Morgan if he kept working at one I 
This is Quebec right now. How does this make money? This is the worst video I've ever seen. Like literally, the I, video is just a bunch of people trashing a supermarket. <laughs> it's yeah, man. Like I, I, yeah. That's just what even just yo from someone who used to work it's at a wild. grocery store. Okay, I used to work at a grocery store for three years in high school and and a little bit of college. Yeah, that's disrespectful. That's a lot of work right there to clean that shit up. Yeah, they were just destroying this store. They were okay. I have no respect for Playboy Cardi now. <laughs> Amber, do you want to hit okay, the John, do you want to hit the brackets it. for me? What? Oh, yo, let me hit the brackets. Let okay. me hit the brackets. Okay. Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay. I, I just understood that. Yeah, John, yeah, Austin, do it for us. I'm way too high. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I'm way too high. <laughs> yeah, whoa. Wake up. Wake up, wake up, whoa. It's the first time of the month. Slat, 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 slat. I brush my teeth and count up. What? Slat, 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 whoa. I let my bitch roll my blunt. <laughs> whoa, slat, slat. I'm about to dirty my cup. Whoa, yeah, bitch, whoa, whoa, what? Pour what? up some lean and get stuck. <laughs> pour it up, pour it up, pour it up. What? I make her scream when we fuck. Slat, scream, suck it? I don't drive R8s. I don't like these. Or I don't like those. Whoa, huh? Chop it and slide? I drive to Daytona and I think all right, and I tinted the windows. Yeah, skirt. Can't fuck with nobody. What? Not even my shadow. Yeah, no one. I got on Ed Hardy. What? 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 She got stilettos. What? She my best friend. What what? Yeah, we not a couple. What, what? She a rock star. What, what, what? She a sex symbol. What, what, what? Let's go. The way she do that shit. What, what, what? She make it look simple. <laughs> what, what? The, the, the way she do that shit. What, what, what? She make it look simple. What, what? Baby, tell me what you gonna you want to do. Yeah, what? Want to do. Baby, tell me everybody you screw. <laughs> yeah who who yeah tell me everybody you took to this room who 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 i gotta know who you fuck fucked in this room <laughs> baby who who <laughs> i gotta know who you fucked in this room <laughs> yeah who 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 wow that was so whack that was so <laughs> oh, my oh my god, god dude i've never fucking damn that was so disgusting uh, i never <laughs> i i i feel like <sighs> Wow, man! Oh, all right. Oh. Uh, give us a guess here, Austin. What's Playboy Cardi's net worth? Oh, I'm dying. Oh. oh, how long he's been? How long he's been rapping for? Like how long has he been like mainstream kind of thing? If he is two hundred and twenty-five million. Hold on, how long has he been rapping for? Roughly, like how old is he? How old is he? Four years. How old four is years. He? Four years. Uh, 100, 175 million. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say negative. Twenty. He's twenty five. Negative. He's twenty five years. Negative old. one million. 
his net worth. Austin, where did you get 125? Dude, Drake, his net worth is 300 million. Okay. Is it actually? Yes. Yeah, I think okay. negative this 1 million. Worth, uh, I think he's got tax liabilities and mortgages. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> John's looking at his actual net worth, not the. Uh, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. $9 million. Yeah. I, I think, boys, we have a duty to uh, accumulate more net worth. I guess I don't have party. a very good gauge for how much crappy uh, rappers are worth. Well, I mean, I don't think that website does either. Okay, let's uh, let's hit up this. uh, Okay, so this is uh, also going to be a song, okay? But the whys? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it just is. Wait, is it your song? No, it's not my song, no. Oh. Uh, This is by... What happened to that that project with, with you and Austin's friend? Coming along. This is by J. Cole. Oh, no. It's called 1985. And I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. You're going to read it. Okay, good. Okay. 1985, not 1984. Okay. Interesting. 1985, I arrived. 33 years, damn, I'm grateful I survived. We wasn't supposed to get past 25. Joke's on you, motherfucker. We alive. All these N-words popping now is young. Everybody say the music that made they make is dumb. I remember when I was 18. Money, pussy, parties, I was on the same thing. You had to give a boy a chance to grow some. Everybody talking like they know something these days. N-words acting woke, but they broke. Um, I respect the struggle, but you all fronting these days. Man, they barely old enough to drive. To tell them what they should do? Who the fuck am I? I heard one of them dissed me. I'm surprised. I ain't tripping. Listen good to my reply. Come here, little man. Let me talk with you. See if I can paint you the larger picture. Congrats, because you made it out of your mama house. I hope you make enough to buy your mama house. I see your watch icy and your whip foreign. I got some good advice. Never quit touring. Because that's the way we eat here in the rap game. I'm a fuck with your funky little rap name. I hear your music and I know that rap's changed. A bunch of folks would say that that's a bad thing. Because everything's commercial and it's pop now. Trap drums is the shit that's hot now. See, I've been on a quest for the next wave, but never mind, that was just a segue. I must say, by your songs, I'm unimpressed. Hey. But I love to see a black man get paid. And plus, you having fun and I respect that. But have you ever thought about your impact? These white kids love what you that you don't give a fuck. Because that's exactly what's expected when you're skin black. You want to see a dab? They, sorry, they want to see you dab. They want to see you pop a pill. They want to see you tatted from your face to your heels. And somewhere deep down, fuck it, I got to keep it real. They want to be black and think your song is how it feels. So when you turn up, you see them turn it up too. You hit the next city, collect your money when it's due. You get in that paper, swimming in bitches, I don't blame you. You ain't think, thinking about the people that's looking like me and you. True, you got better shit to do. You could have bought a crib with all that bread that you done blue. I know you think this type of revenue is never ending, but I want to take a minute and just tell you that ain't true. One day them kids that's listening gonna grow up and get too old for that shit that made you blow up. Now your show looking light because they don't show up, which unfortunately mean unfortunately means the money slow up. Now you scrambling and hoping to get hot again, but you forgot you only pop because you was riding trends. Now you old news and you going through regrets. Because you never bought that house, but you got a Benz and a bunch of jewels and a bunch of shoes and a bunch of fake friends. I ain't judging you. 
I'm just telling you what's probably going to happen when you wrap in, about the type of shit you wrap in about. It's, it's a faster route to the bottom. I wish you good luck. I'm hoping for your sake that you ain't as dumb as you look. But if it's really true what people saying and you call yourself playing with my name, then I really know you fucked. Trust. I'll be around forever because my skills is tip top. To any amateur N-words that want to get rocked, just remember what I told you when you're shit flop. In five years, you're going to be on love and hip hop, N-word. Oh my god. Damn. Dude, J. Cole just that's like a, buried. That's like a diss track to any rappers that are not financially responsible. Apparently, this was about a guy who, I've never heard of the guy, but his name's Little Pump. Oh, no way. And guess what headline Tristan sent me today about this guy who's named Lil Pump. Why? Why? Uh, He's got a $1.6 million uh, lien on his Miami home as of this month uh, for back taxes by the IRS. Crazy. Wait, what? Crazy. And that was for the year of Lil 2018. Lil Pump owes IRS $1.6 million for 2018 taxes he didn't pay. Insane. Yo, after I that, know I, that might have about, to, uh, I, I, might, I might have to keep my quote for another week. <laughs> I know, dude. J. Cole just, just buried, buried all of this financial illiteracy. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that was ridiculous. My, my favorite part is uh where is it um uh this is the best part you could have bought a crib with all that bread that you done blue i know you think this type of revenue is never ending but i want to take a minute just to tell you that ain't true one day them kids that's listening gonna grow up and get too old for that shit that made you blow up now your show's looking light because they don't show up which unfortunately means the money gonna slow up now you scrambling and hoping to get hot again but forgot you only pop because you were riding trends. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. 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 What's J short for? Do you know? J. Cole? Yeah. No idea. Couldn't tell you. I don't even I know even his name. About that. Don't even know his name. Yeah, so in the time being, as soon as we started... Jermaine. Jermaine. Yeah. As soon as we started the debate about franchising or not franchising, um, I put up a poll on our Instagram story uh, saying, you start a business tomorrow, what path do you take? Franchise or on your own? And Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, so only it only got posted 39 minutes ago. And twenty six people answered. So that's a, that's a lot. That's a good. That's, that's a, a good, good number. Um, how, how many? I how say, many? yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna say most of them said start own business. I would say nineteen to twenty five percent said they're gonna go off on their own. I say the opposite. Nineteen uh, to twenty percent so said they just franchise. It's pretty close so far. It's fifty eight percent franchise, forty two percent on your own. Really so interesting. 15, 15 to eleven. But it'll grow, and we'll see how much we can get here. Hmm. It's interesting, interesting to, to What's the question through. again? You start a business tomorrow. What path do you take? Hmm. Is this posted on the weekly call? Uh, yeah, Instagram story. That, but even still, most people that listen to us are in franchises. And I know, yo, still, but it's interesting to interesting. see, like, some people who I know 
um, own franchises have answered on your own. And some people who I know have started businesses on their own have answered franchise. So it's like, there's no predictability. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah very interesting. Um, okay. I love so, this podcast. Uh, yeah. It was I an interesting this debate this week. Very interesting. No, I'm uh, saying I love this podcast in general because there's going to be so much, dude, people can write research. They can write their thesis. If we do this for 10 years, you can get like multiple thesis papers out of yeah. this. You know, what's crazy is that this is episode, like, I think it's 137 or something, 138 possibly. Oh, interesting. Um, but yo, just think about how crazy it is that like someone, someone like Joe Rogan has like 1800 episodes, 1800. And we're at episode 137 and it's two years in. Granted, we do it once a week. He does more than one podcast a week, but like. Just think about that for a second, you know, and, and most of it, we, we do one hour to two hours. He's mostly over two hours every episode. It's crazy. I think our podcast will get longer over time. Yeah, possibly. Also depends what we're doing. I can't wait to be like 40 years old and still doing this. You know, what's interesting to think about. Kind of hilarious. I mean, either we all just keep doing this till the day we die. Right. Yeah. Or at some point. Yeah. Do you think that we'll know when our last when our last podcast is? I think so. I think so. I think it'll I, naturally happen. I I, I can't. I, well, the, the the big the biggest milestones that I can see is like one of us becomes a millionaire, and then th- somebody doesn't take it well. Um, it could be one of us has a child and they have a story in their head that they don't have the time for this, which I think is just a story that I just predict. Or um, one of us just falls out of like a, uh, out of habit with uh, personal development and then just where there's a way thinking that well, this I've is not a good I've fallen out of habit of all those things. No, no, no but all for the a chi- long The child thing's very interesting. I mean- Think about this. I mean, what a cool thing it is that we can all, when we're older, tell our kids to just go listen to our podcast if they want to know us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind of a cool Same thing. Same thing with like our grandchildren and great grandchildren. Dude, imagine if Cornelius. I'm not that I'm trying to compare anything here, but imagine if Cornelius had a <laughs> Vanderbilt or had a Vanderbilt. Cornelius Vanderbilt had a podcast. You know, like that'd be so badass. Yeah. 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 Like if we go listen to like John D. Rockefeller. Warren Buffett to, technically uh, had a podcast. Like you can go listen to all of his annual shareholder uh yeah, meetings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yo, so um That's the only time around? I can see it, but I, I I think this is the ultimate exercise for the three of us. What an experiment we're running, hey? Jeez. It is. I was talking about that with uh, so oh, it's actually, a longitudinal study. You know what, man? Fucking, I, I have to say this, by the way. Huge shout out to an absolute gangster. Matt Lang moved out to Kelowna. Like, he's here. He did. Yeah. He did. But yeah. just think about that. Kid dropped out of university and flew literally across the entire country to live. Or to move, like, to move out here. Start a business. Yeah, started. Well, yeah, he's, he's, his first day is tomorrow, which when this podcast comes out, he'll already have started. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unreal. It's crazy, and and Austin, who's the uh, who are the who's the new Patreon that joined? Shout new out. Patreon, new patron, the patron is Karam. No way, Karam. There you go. Shout out Karam. Welcome Karam. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Okay, so we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, man. Good, good lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been the weekly call. Thank you very much for uh, attending. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come again. Hey, listeners! Thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material, and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.